Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. Today is Palm Sunday. Anybody know what that means? You know, it's whenever Jesus came into Jerusalem. I had the privilege of being over there a few years back and standing on the Mount of Olives and looking over towards the gate where Jesus rode into Jerusalem and imagining that happening as it actually occurred. Uh, It just helps whenever you're over there and you see these places and and you can see this. And and what the acts of that week, uh, what all took place. You know, this would be a good week for you to just take your Bible and read through the last week of Jesus' life. Take the Gospel of John, for example. About a third of the Gospel of John is dedicated to that last week of Jesus' life. And uh, learn what took place from the triumphant entry up until the time whenever he was resurrected. And that is what we're going to celebrate next week. And I'm so forward, uh, looking forward to, to that. Uh, you know, Easter is a time, you know, for a lot, for Easter bunnies and, and for finding Easter eggs. And if you come from my family, uh, I have uh, uh, I come from a long line of um, people in Peter's Holler, okay? Anybody know what happens in Peter's Holler every year? We have an egg fight, okay? For two second year in a row now, we've, we're not going to be able to do that. And that's okay. That's not what it's about, but it's a, it's a nice thing for us to do. But what happened? What do, what do we use uh, Easter as representation of? And that is the resurrection of Christ. And we see so many depictions of that around the world. How they how they do this. A church over here in in uh, Johnson City, Strong Tower Baptist Church, does a wonderful job uh, with a representation of that, and they do a wonderful job. So if you have a chance to catch that. Please, please do so. Well, uh, Matt's been pa- uh, preaching through a series, and I-, I like I like how he does this. Um, and-, and I learned this whenever I was in Bible college myself. I remember my homiletics past uh, professor telling me, "You always preach with the end in mind." Okay, like like take this now and do this with it. So I know uh, praying with him and talking with him a lot as he's preparing what it is that he's going to be preaching on, he starts with where he wants to end up, and he works his way backwards. And that's that's good sermon preparation. I'm not saying it because he's my son, but that is just good sermon preparation. So he's been talking about the true story of God's grace, and we're all recipients of that if we've come to know him as, as Lord and Savior. Amen? I know it's been 42 years, almost 43 years that I accepted Christ. And I can remember that day whenever, or that evening actually, whenever I was at Charlie Wilson's house and uh, I was on his carpet in his living room about 10, 30, 11 o'clock that night. 
and he had led me in the sinner's prayer, and I'd prayed it in my own way, and and uh, he said, okay, Brian, there you go. You're saved. And I'm thinking, I don't feel saved. You know, what's, what's that supposed to feel like? You know, some people will feel that, and some people, you know, don't necessarily feel that. And I said, but Charlie, what you don't understand is that there are so many people that I've done wrong. In my short life, 17 years, I, I've done several people wrong. I was on probation, actually, at the time, and uh, had to go see that, that guy, uh, you know, every so often and let him check up on me and things. And, and I had done people a certain way where I really couldn't be in the same room with them, okay? So I was telling Charlie this, and Charlie said, let me share a verse with you. And Charlie didn't realize this at the time, but that verse has stuck with me since September 26, 1977. It says, therefore, if a man be in Christ, he's a what? He's a new creation, which means all things are passed away. And behold, all things are new. And in my deep theological understanding of that, my eyes lit up and I said, I get a do-over? And I did. That's the grace of God because it wasn't anything to do, Cody, with what I did. Nothing. I wasn't seeking him. He was seeking me. I didn't know it. I didn't understand it. It's called conviction. Didn't know what it was, but two weeks prior to me coming to Christ, I couldn't do anything without thinking about him and what my eternity held. And then that night, when Ernie Shavers and, and Muhammad Ali was fighting, that's when it was, I finally let down my guard and based off the Holy Spirit's prompting, I gave myself to him. I let him have me. And since that time, I've been a work in progress, just like you. Some days we're ahead. Some days we feel like we're behind. You may be feeling like you're behind today. There might be something in your life, for example, that that's holding you back. You might even know what it is. But then again, it's possible that you can't quite put your finger on it. You don't know what it is, that, but you know that there's something as far as your relationship with him is concerned that something's just not right. Well, in this series, we've talked about various things. We'll cover them here in just a moment. But today we're going to talk about the rhythm, okay, the true story of God's grace, and we're going to talk about the grace of forgiveness. Now, I know it's Palm Sunday, and we're not doing anything Palm Sunday-ish, but I would like to think we could start a new tradition here. Let this be the first annual Palm Sunday 5K. That'd be great. Been thinking about it all week long. I've been practicing. I've been eating faster. Okay? Hasn't worked too well. I used to run a lot. I did, once upon a time. You know, Matt, he does that now. He, he runs a lot and eats a lot of bananas and these crunchy bars and stuff like that. I'm kind of a biscuit and gravy fan myself. But I have some folks here that are fairly quick runners. That's what I've been told. So I would like to ask you to come up here right now. And I think you are two or one. Uh, see, I have kids. You, you know, one of the reasons why you have children is so that you can embarrass them. Okay, so I got two here. Who else do I have out here? Nathaniel, you out there? All right, come on up here. Hey guys, did you hear what I said? Come on up here. 
All right, if I said your name, come up here. I'd like to have at least one more. Is there one more volunteer up here? I want you to come up here. I promise I'm not going to embarrass you any more than what I already have, okay? Now, you think you're, well, he's got a letterman jacket, okay? That means he's somebody, all right? He's done something to deserve that jacket, okay? All right, so what sports do you like besides football? Baseball, baseball's good. Come on over. What you like sports? Yeah. Do you? Do you think you're pretty quick? No. no. <laughs> Nothing like telling the truth. Now these two right here, I know that she's not. No mistakes. No mistakes. Just happy accidents. I love Bob Ross. Okay, this is my daughter Callie. She's not fast, but she's she's uh she's a good shot. Okay. Austin, on the other hand. He's pretty quick. He's pretty quick. He has to stay out of my reach, okay? So he has to be pretty quick. So guys, here's what we're going to do. I hate that it's raining and we are going to get wet. Matter of fact, my shoes are already soaked, but we're going to do a little running this morning, okay? Was that all right? All right. You know what a 5K is? You know how far a 5K is? It's far, okay? What we're going to do we're going to run from the stage. We're going to time it. So, I mean, you all aren't going to be in here during the service, okay? Because you're going to be running the 5K, okay? So I'm going to continue on with what I'm doing, but then I want you all just to continue running. What you got to do, you, go, you run out the door. I'll even let you go out that door over there because it's closer to where you're going to end up. Stay on the shoulder of the road. Don't get out in the road because it's pouring the rain. Stay on the shoulder of the road, and I want you to run all the way down to Zach's, okay? You run down to Zach's. Circle around the back of Zach's, all right? Then I want you to go down to about where Powell's is. We got to get all of, 5K is not just down to Zach's and back. We got to put a little more to it. So then I want you to run down to about where Powell's is. Circle Powell's, bring me back a sweet tea, okay? And then I want you to come back up here. And the first one here, okay, it's a race, okay? The first one back gets all those eggs that we didn't look for today, okay? Is that a good deal? What is? All those, eggs. All those eggs are in the back of your dad's car? Go get the eggs, hurry. Okay, all right. But now there's one little thing we got to do before we go, okay? I'm going to give you all something to take with you. So, all right, Callie, don't you take this one. You got it? You got it? You sure? Okay. <laughs> Okay, Austin, let's see here. Huh? Oh, quit acting cool. Come on, loosen up, loosen up. Okay. Oh, goodness gracious. Let's see here. Hmm? There we go. Let's see. Let's try, let's just do this for you, okay? Huh? That's okay. You're a good hopper. Huh? Yeah. Now, I don't want to cut your circulation off, okay? All right. There you go. All right. What can we do for Nathaniel? Let's do a blindfold. Somebody make sure he makes it off the stage okay. Okay? I, I hate to mess up that pretty hair, but... All right. There you go. Are we ready? I didn't bring my gun. Who's carrying a gun? I'm kidding. Okay. Now, you think you can run as quick as you could run if you didn't have these things happening to you here? Mm -hmm. Callie, what's in there? 
probably like weights. Okay, is it pretty heavy? Let me have it. Oh, gosh. Let me see. Okay. All right, what you got? Huh? Just get it off, please. Okay. 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 You can't run very well with that, can you? Okay. All right. Well, here, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Can't run very good at all. You just thought you couldn't run. Now you know you can't run. Okay. There was Jerk your feet out from under you and say, how'd you break your hip? Well, this preacher, you know, okay, I'm sorry to fan you. You didn't get to see anything, did you? Oh, goodness gracious, somebody. All right, y'all go ahead and sit down and give him a hand. Okay, all right. Now, I've done this before, but I did it in a, it was a little different setting, and we actually did try to run. But, uh, you know, that'd be a big race, wouldn't it? You know, and it would be very difficult, though, because we would be very hindered would we not? And, you know, you're just handicapped. That's what we want to talk about a little bit today. We want to talk about the grace of forgiveness. And I want you to take your Bible with us this morning. Take your Bible and turn to uh, Matthew chapter 18. And this illustration that uh, I showed... I hope it pops up there. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. This illustration briefly depicts a couple areas that we struggle with in forgiveness. You know, if I was to look at this right here, one of the things that it makes me think of is one of the problems that a lot of us have is we have trouble forgiving others, don't we? I mean, we can't make the headway with God we need to because we struggle. People have done us wrong. I don't know if it was abuse. As you're growing up, I don't know if it's a condition that you're currently under. I don't know if it's um, because, because somebody that you're close to has done you wrong and you feel fully justifiable being upset because, you know, they're the ones that did me wrong. I have a right to be upset. As a believer, you don't have that right. Okay, just to plug that in there. But it could be something that was years ago. It could be something as early as yesterday. But you have no idea, Brian, what they did to me. No, I don't. But I know what God did for me. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. You know, it could be like what I did with Austin right here. It could be an institution that lets you down. It could be your, your employer. You know, your employer could let you go. Okay, could have passed over you for a for a, a promotion. It could have been that you were so close to retirement and then you get laid off. I'm a good example of that. I made it all the way to 60 years old, had my dream job, okay, as a denominational worker for, you know, one of the largest denominations in the state of Tennessee, one of the largest offices up here. And then I get laid off. I mean, I could get so bitter about that. You know, it could be an institution like, um, like church. How many people do I talk to? And I talk to them about their relationship with Christ. The lady that cut my hair just a couple days ago. And do you know why she doesn't uh, go to church? Because she's been, okay? So what we need to do is take whatever those strongholds are, whatever those weights are that so easily hold us down, and we need to let them go. That's what we need to do. It could be that you're struggling forgiving yourself. 
Have you ever done something that maybe you're ashamed of and you've not been able to forgive yourself? I've talked to people over the years that's, that's had abortions. I've talked to people over the years that's been an accident that took the life of somebody else. I've talked to people who, because of their actions or their inactions, has ruined their family. And they can't forgive themselves. You might be sitting here today and you're struggling being able to forgive yourself. And lastly, there's those people that don't have it in their heart to forgive God. I had one child and he took that child. I was set for life. My relationship with my spouse was everything and more until she found someone else. God, why? I just tipped my stride. Go in for a regular physical, come back, find out. Stage four cancer. God? Why? Been trying for years to have a child. Why will God not let me be a mother? God, what have I done to you? Or God, why did I, why'd you even let me be born if I'm always going to be crippled and not be able to do things like everybody else. I mean, what kind of sad joke is this that I was born this way? Do you believe that these four illustrations that I used are real? They are so, so, so real. Matthew chapter 18. Let's, let's read this together. Then Peter said to Jesus, all right, Peter, no, Peter, okay, said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive as many as seven times? He just went ahead and gave God the answer, okay? He says, so seven should cover it. Is that right? I mean, seven, mm, that's a good number. So yeah, seven ought to do it. And, and then Jesus said, no, no, not just seven times, but rather as many as 77 times. So it's not that 77 is a, uh, excuse me, 77 is a magic number. Okay, then you're just waiting for that 78th time so you can clean their clock. No, it has nothing to do with that number because what it has to do with is, look, you may think seven times is enough, but I'm telling you, 10 more times than that's not even going to be enough. Okay. And then we read on, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So Jesus is sharing this story. And when he began to settle accounts, they brought him a servant who owed him, in this particular illustration, it says 10,000 bags of gold. You look at other translations and you're going to see that described different ways. But 10,000 bags of gold, how much is that? A lot. <laughs> I mean, it's a bunch, okay? That's Brian Smith's translation. Because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold along with his wife and children and everything they had and that the proceeds 
would be used as payment. But what happened? I mean, he knew that there was absolutely no way that he could pay. And now his, his wife and his children are going to have to pay his debt with him. So what does he do? He does what we would have done. He drops to his knees. Okay. He fell down, kneeled before him and said, please be patient with me and I will pay you back. Not knowing if he would ever be able to, but at least he was going to make the offer. And the master had what? He had compassion on the servant and he released him and he forgave the loan. Praise God. That sounds like what happened to me 42 years ago. There was absolutely no way that I could pay back the debt that was owed. I came to him and I repented of my sin. I turned over a new leaf and I asked him to come in and take the wheel. And what did he do? He took it. And he's been in the driver's seat. Sometimes we fought over the wheel, okay? But he's been in the driver's seat ever since, okay? Now, when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred coins. Again, that's an illustration of about the amount. But let's just kind of put that in perspective, what we're talking about. We're talking, let's say, Brian owed a hundred thousand dollars. And then Ryan owed ten dollars. That's the point that Jesus was trying to get across. When the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred coins. He grabbed him around the throat. He was extending grace, wasn't he? Okay, he grabbed him around the throat and said, Pay me back what you owe me. Is that not our attitude towards those who have wronged us? I'm sad to say. And we feel fully justifiable in doing so and feeling the way. You have no idea what was done to me, what he took from me, what she did to me. I have the right to feel as I do as your arms are extended around the neck of that person. Pay me back what you owe me. And then what happened? His fellow servant, I don't know that he saw what he had done earlier, but he fell down and he begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. Those words likely ringing in his ears. But he refused, and instead he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. And when his fellow servants saw what happened, they were deeply offended. Why do you guess they were deeply offended? Because they had witnessed this man being forgiven a lot, but yet he was unable to forgive someone else a little. So what they do? When his fellow servants saw what happened, they were deeply offended. They came and told their master all that happened. His master called the first servant and said, You wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you also have mercy on your fellow servant? Just as I had mercy on you. Can you not hear that ringing in your consciousness? in your very soul, when you believe that you're justified in holding on to that bitterness and that hate, and I don't know what it was that was done to you. I don't know. All I, I can say is that there was a lot done to me growing up, and I've done a lot to others. 
But I know that my relationship with Christ, there is absolutely no way that it could be where it needs to be if I am holding on to that. Now let's pray and we're going to continue for the few minutes that we have left. Father God, we're grateful that we have this opportunity to stand before these people and preach the word, Father, that we feel that came straight from you. And Lord, in the few minutes that we have left, I pray, God, that you would do what the supernatural does. Father, we offer ourselves to you in Christ's name. Amen. Three words in particular that I want to leave with you this morning is forgiveness. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to back up here, Ryan. As I was as I was preparing this, something that I was thinking of was the mission and the vision of this church. Uh, one of the things I do with the ministry that that I'm part of is, a matter of fact, I'm working with the church right now. Uh, you know, what's the vision of your church? You know, they just kind of look at me like, oh, I, I don't know. You know, well, what's the mission? You know, behind what it is that you're doing? You know, I'm not sure they got a clue. Well. You do have a leader that is 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 trying to get you to a destination and to help broken people become devoted followers of Christ. And I like this, to create environments where the kingdom of God is both visible and contagious. And what we're trying to do today is create an environment where you and I can walk in forgiveness. Would that be great? You know, you, you may have been carrying a weight for many years. Uh, it could be a new uh, restriction that you have, something that's happened recently. It could be something that happened way back whenever you were just a child. It could have happened, you know, in a relationship. It could have happened at work. It could have happened with a best friend. It could have happened with someone Dying. I mean, there's just so many different things that, that could happen. But I'm going to give you these three words. I'm going to give you these three words, the first one being forgiveness. Did you know that forgiveness in the Word of God is not a suggestion? What is it? It's a command. That's, that's different. It's like me saying, Austin, you know, It'd be nice if you went down there and got me the newspaper. And I waited around. I didn't have anything to read. That's a little different than me saying, Austin, go get me the newspaper. Or please go turn off that light. In the Bible, we read Scripture here, and we're going to here in just a second. But forgiveness, it's easiest, it's probably the easiest to define, but the hardest to do. You know, that's giving up your right to avenge a wrong done to you or to one that you love. The second one is mercy. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Aren't you glad that you don't always get what you deserve? Okay. Being spared due to the benevolence of another. And thirdly, grace. Uh, getting what we do not deserve. So do we understand forgiveness is something that uh, we do, that we don't avenge a wrong, and, and mercy is not getting, and grace is 
getting what we don't deserve. Now, I want you to consider this. Now, I, I have an iPhone. Uh, many of y'all do. Some of y'all have Androids, okay? I used an example a minute ago that I'm Microsoft 1.0, okay? I'm talking about an operating system. iOS is the operating system for this telephone. And I get updates all the time. It tells you, you got an update. It's going to come such and such. Make sure you got your phone plugged in, all that, and you'll get this update. So the op grace is the operating system of the child of God. You must understand that's the basis for who we are. It was grace that we received. It's grace that we should be giving. Please understand that. I think that there's people who are very misled today, and, and there's several of them in the church. It's not for me to be, you know, the salvation police and saying, oh, I believe you're saved and you're not. But it's very hard for me to understand how someone can carry a grudge. Someone can carry this unforgiveness for the number of years they've carried it and still claim that they're a child of God. It's just hard. You know, if that's you today, maybe you need to hear that. I can remember a, a, a church I went to preach at back years ago, and I saw this guy that was sitting in this corner, the, the left-hand corner up here. And then as I looked up, I happened to see him again back over here in the back far right corner. I thought, you know, I'm just sitting there, words coming out of my mouth, but in my head I'm saying, how could he be in two places at one time? I thought, man, they must be identical twins. And you know what? They were. Afterwards, I asked the pastor, I said, I'm not, this, I, this was kind of distracting. I said, this guy that sat up here and that guy at the back there, I said, are they related? Yeah, yeah, they're related. They're identical twins. Haven't talked to one another in probably 25 years. <laughs> what? And should you'll notice one was sitting here, one was back there. That's because that's as far apart as they can get from one another. But yet they were faithful to the house of God but yet they carried that grudge over whatever it was, I don't know. You know, maybe this one got the last mayonnaise in a jar. You know, I don't know. All I know is that he felt and he felt that they had enough reason to hold that grudge for that long, but yet they fully expected God to extend grace. I just can't see that. So grace is the operating system of a child of God, and mercy is our heart in line with God, because if our heart is in line with God, we're able to extend this mercy, even though someone has done us wrong. The police officer that was killed this past week, whenever he went into the uh, grocery store, and there was a total of uh, 10 people killed, if I remember right, the father said about the shooter, I forgive him. I mean, that's one of the first things that he said, and one of the first statements he made, I forgive him. And then he followed that up by saying the reason why he forgave him was because that is what his faith instructed him to do. Now, that doesn't m mean that if you forgive, you forget it. But if that remembrance of that wrong is causing you continual pain, then I'm asking you, is it forgiven? Is it forgiven? And then the grace, getting what we don't deserve. Forgiveness is the action that flows out of the mercy and the grace. 
I'm going to give you a couple verses here that I need to start wrapping it up. I can't talk as quick as Matthew does. I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15 says, If you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your sins. How does that work? I mean, is that not Scripture? Let's see what else he says in Luke chapter 6, 37. Don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. And the last one I want to share with you, and whenever you stand up and pray, if you have something against anyone, and this goes sort of in line, in line with what you did last week when you had the Lord's Supper, and you know not to take the bread and the cup unworthily, that if you have any ought in your heart against someone else, that you're to go to them. How many times have you asked forgiveness? Now, my kids fight, okay? That's what kids do. I mean, if you're close in age, you two guys fight? Huh? No, you're perfect, okay? But I know that I had a sister 18 months older than me. I could not stand that lady, girl, girl at that time. Now I love her to death. She lives two states away, okay? That's what it took. Because as we were growing up, we didn't have to have a reason to fight. You know, if, if we just had went more than a couple hours without somebody clawing the other one's eyes out or picking up something and hitting the other one, you know, something was wrong. We had to start something. Well, that's the way it was with my sister and I. But then my mother would come along and she'd say, why did you do that to her? She did this to me. You go in there right now and you tell her you're sorry. All right. I'm sorry. Okay? Boy, that's heartfelt, wasn't it? <laughs> it's not going to happen that way. But yeah, that's the way we tend to do it. In closing, I'm wrapping this up. I promise. I promise. Uh, several years ago, I was over in um, Ghana, West Africa, and uh, in most of the villages that I spoke in, the native tongue was the predominant understood language. Some of them understood English, a lot of them didn't. So I had a translator. Her name was Jemima, and she was one of the prettiest young ladies. And everywhere we went, people were talking to her about her racing, you know, her, her quick abilities, okay? I don't know if it was the school she was going to where she was known for, you know, her being able to run, but she was the fastest runner in Tomali, Ghana, West Africa, okay? I mean, she was quick. And we talked about it a couple times about how she ran everywhere she went. And, and she translates, she could speak Dogbani, she could speak Swahili, she could, there are several languages that she could speak, and she would get up and she would do that. Well, uh, the, my last uh, Sunday there, I, get, I got to speak in her church, and I decided I was going to race Jemima, okay? So I had a backpack like this right here, and I packed it full of rocks, and I stuck it back behind the pulpit, and then I said, Jemima, come on up here for a minute, honey. I, you know, and when I spoke English, and I didn't say honey. I'm sorry. That's just my southern coming out of me. 
But she came up there and I said, you know, I've been with you now for a couple of weeks and I tell you, you're just, you're something else. I appreciate everything that you've done. I said, but you know what I'd like to do before I go back to the States? I'd like to challenge you to a race. And it was, <laughs> you know, everybody just laughed. And I said, let me ask you a question. Do you rather, would you rather run in shoes, you know, in tennis shoes, track shoes, barefoot? She said, barefoot. I said, okay, I'm going to make it even. So I pulled off my shoes. <laughs> the response I got was hilarious because everybody saw my real white feet, <laughs> you know, about the color of that paper right there, you know. And once the once the laughing quieted down, I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I said, I've got it marked off out there about 200 yards, and we're going to go down there, and we're going to run around that stake, and then the first one back here wins, okay? And it's like, yeah, okay, no problem. So I said, oh, by the way, I said, we're going to equip ourselves for this. So I picked up a backpack and I put it on that had absolutely nothing in it. And then she picked up her backpack and she said, wait a minute, something's in this one. I said, I know, I don't go ahead and pick it up. So she picks it up and she starts to put it on. Now, this backpack weighs 40 pounds, okay? That's not too bad. 40 pounds. Hers weighed 80. She did good to weigh 115 pounds. So I had to help her with it on. And I said, okay, let's go. And she says, I can't run like this. I said, no, you can't, can you? My scripture that day was Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. You don't have it on the screen. But it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Quickly, there is no spiritual healing without forgiveness. This comes from Dr. Naomi Rachel Raymond. Non-forgiveness is the state of spiritual isolation. Justin, you can go ahead and come on up if you'd like. A single evil resentment weighs more than a ton of lead, Dr. R.G. Lee. And lastly, the world's worst prison is the prison of the unforgiven heart, Dr. Warren Wiersbe. What are you carrying in your backpack today? Is there someone that you need to forgive? Maybe that person, that institution, that church, that whatever, that's something you can't go to them and forgive. But you have the power, Christ in you, to remove that unforgiveness and get rid of that bitterness and be better instead of bitter. Don't let that hold you back. It might be a relationship. It might be that you do need to pick up a telephone. It may be that you need to go to someone today and just say, I forgive you. I release you of that because I guarantee you they're not thinking about it like you are. I've had, Listen, I tell my wife all the time, if I wasn't as strong in my faith as I am, I would not go to church. Okay? 
I have pastored four churches. I have worked with how many I don't know. And I have been done wrong by so many people in church. Does that make God any less? No, it just means what? It means people are people. And I am not about to let what someone has done to me or not done for me to keep me from everything God wants me to be. Plain and simple. Are you? Are you? Who haven't you forgiven? What have you not forgiven? And does anyone today need to forgive God? Now, I'm an old-style preacher, okay? If you're sitting here today and you need to ask God to forgive you for your unforgiving heart, I want you to take that opportunity right now and do that. We don't have a traditional altar. That's man-made anyway. But we need to get to that place in our heart where we're willing to say, Father... I don't want anything to stand in the place where you need to stand as far as our relationship is concerned. I'm asking you to stand. I hope you'll go out of here a lot more productive than you came in if that was one of the things that you dealt with. I thank you for allowing me to be here this morning. We're going to close in a word of prayer. You want to speak with me after the service? Please, by all means, let's do that. Uh, if you want to put something on your Connect card, we want someone to get back in touch with you, by all means, do that. Just don't leave it undone. There is nothing that anyone has done to you that comes anywhere close what happened? Father, we're grateful again. This time has went by so fast this morning. And Lord, I wasn't looking for clever words to use as much as I was looking to be an instrument for your glory this morning. Five years from now, some of us will be here. 30 years from now, some of us will be here. But I guarantee you, 50,000 years from now, none of us will be here. We'll all be with you if we're one of yours. And God, I pray that because of the obedience to that which you have called us to do today, Father, I pray that there'll be others in heaven, that there'll be testimony to, to how we lived our lives once we ask you to forgive us, Father, for where we had failed you. We love you, Father, and thank you in Christ's name. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we begin a new series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.